Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. There. Amen. He's here whether you sense him or not. His presence is here. And how many know he came to move in our lives on this Wednesday night? How many know that God is a healer and a miracle worker? And nothing's impossible for him. Amen. I got great news tonight as we are opening up this service. Sunday morning we prayed for Joe as he went into the hospital. And you know at his age and his situation and COVID and pneumonia and the the way things are today, it's dangerous when someone goes into the hospital. But tonight before service started, he got released from the hospital. Hallelujah. So he's on his way home. Come on, church. That's a miracle. Amen. That's God. And I'll tell you what, he's, Joe, if you don't love Joe, something's wrong with you. Amen. He's such a tremendous man of faith. I was in contact with him every day. He couldn't have visitors, couldn't have anybody in there. Brenda couldn't go see him, nothing. And he was just in such good spirits. It's just amazing the, the, the attitude that he has. He's making jokes like he always does. And, and uh, I told him he wasn't no spring chicken. He said, I'm just an animal in the fall. <laughs> he's always got to come back amen but God is great this tonight amen so I thank God I don't know about you but I was really worried amen about that situation and but God is big how many know that God has a plan for this church how many believe God's doing something tonight in our church in our people in our lives and how many know something greater is on the way does anybody believe that you ever heard the best is yet to come I believe that tonight. Amen. Get your Bibles open to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, if you would. Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to talk tonight, and we'll put the background up real quick first, actually, about our, this is, I sent this text out. I've never preached this message in 20 years of preaching and pastoring. And I, I, just, I just know this is from the Lord. How many know that when we're preaching what God wants us to preach and we're doing what God wants us to do, he's going to do what he can do? Amen. How many are thankful that you're in a church that preaches the truth? How many are thankful you're in a church that's preaching the truth? Not coated, not sugar-coated, not watered down, just straight out the Bible as is. Amen. Be thankful tonight because we know we're living in perilous times and crazy days. So I want to talk about our role in the church. And what I want to start off with is what my role is as the pastor. Okay, I want to, I want to read some verses here. And I want to show us how the, our roles, how many know in marriage we have roles? Husbands have roles, wives have roles, kids have roles, amen? And in church we have roles. And so Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at these verses. I'm going to try to push through these to get to kind of where I want to go. The Bible says, He Himself, God, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. If you've ever heard somebody say the fivefold ministry, a man can be in all five of those. I want to believe that I could be in all five of those. All, Pastor Jones definitely is all five of those in that, in that thing there. But we can be not, some are just one or the others, but you can't be an apostle without the other things. But you can be some of the beginning ones, okay? So for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. How many want to be perfect tonight? To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We want to be like Jesus. 
that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love. That's a key right there. We speak the truth, but we speak it in love. Jesus spoke the truth, but he spoke it. Oh, Jesus is love. Yes, he is, but he spoke the truth. And when we get the truth, this is what happens. We grow up. Amen. How many know when we get the truth, we grow up? How many know that there's some babies in this church? Matter of fact, one's right there in the front row drinking some milk. And I know that my, my grandson drinks milk all day long. Amen. How many know we drink milk as babies, but as we begin to mature in the Lord, we got to get off the milk. And we grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So Christ is the head of this church. Our role in the church is to understand that Christ is the head of this church. Now going on, remember everything I'm reading here is the role of, of myself, Pastor Mario, as pastors, the pastor of the church. The Bible calls it the shepherd. And, and I, I don't want to stay too long on this because I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say anything funny. I could. I could joke around. How many know we're sheep? Another person next to you, whether you like it or not, you're a sheep. And if you don't want to be a sheep, then you're a goat. You're one or the other. Amen. We're sheep or goats. But we're sheep, and, and, and the Bible tells us we are, and, and sheep can be dumb. Sheep are dumb, Pastor Mario said. Amen. And we're not talking about you, though. We're talking about the actual sheep, right? Maybe, maybe not. But the Bible says that we are shepherds, and guess what shepherd means? He, a heater, a, a herder of sheep. Okay, and so we're supposed to help all the sheep go the right direction, help all the sheep make it to where they're supposed to go. And sometimes the shepherd has to pull in the sheep, and buy, you know they'll use that, uh, what's the proper word? I say cane, but it's a staff. Yes, thank you. They'll use the, st the staff, which has a curve on it, and they'll grab them by the neck, pull them over, and get them in place so they don't go off. And sometimes they even break their legs because they're going off so much. And that's literally what God has called me and my role as the pastor is to do that. Jesus said in Peter to Peter in John 21, we're not going to read it, but I just talked about that story not too long ago. Remember, he said, Peter, feed my sheep. What was he saying? Exactly what we're talking about. His role was to feed his people, his sheep, the word of God. Now watch this verse, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. This is a powerful verse. Again, we are talking about my role. Look at me and say, your role, pastor. Okay, we're talking about your role, pastor. And, and how many know that if we're talking about my role tonight, guess whose role we're going to get to in a minute? Hey, Amen. There's more than one role. You got a role and I got a role. We're just going to make it simple tonight. I'm going to talk about my role and we're going to talk about your role. And if we're all doing our roles, we're going to be a powerful church for the kingdom of God. So way back in the Old Testament, God says, I will give you shepherds according to my heart. How many want to have a pastor that has God's heart? Amen. That doesn't mean we're better. That doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means that we have God's heart. A true pastor has a heart for the things of God, has a heart for people, has a heart for the church. And he says, I will give you shepherds according to my heart, capital M, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. 
That's what our job is. Every, every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, in discipleship, in small groups, everything, premarital counseling, we are feeding you knowledge and understanding. It's not like the Catholic Church of old where we want you to be dumb. We don't want you to be dumb. We want you to be smart. When I say that, what I, what I mean by that is they would let people read the Bible. They would get up and do things in Latin, and no one even understood Latin. And, out, and, 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 and they would say things that no one understood what they were saying because they wanted them to not know. They said, you, you, you can't understand the Bible. I'm the only one that can understand it, so you just come listen. How many know that's not how we, how we believe the Bible to be? We're teaching you, but you're supposed to also study to show yourself approved. And so you're, you're learning according to what I'm teaching and what the Lord's putting in my heart as the shepherd, but you're learning on your own as well. And so we're feeding you knowledge and we're feeding you understanding. Now watch this, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. The elders who are among you, I exhort. I am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory, I love this, that will be revealed. That's the best is yet to come right there. Shepherd the flock of God. What's my role? To shepherd the flock of God which is among you. Serving as overseers, not by compulsion. And I'm going to look at my notes for this part because I said earlier, when I said shepherd the flock, it's, it's herd sheep. And by the way, don't feel too bad because the Bible refers to us a lot of times as oxen. So we're in the same boat, okay? We're both phrased as animals. Serving as overseers. And look at this. Here's my role. Not to do it by compulsion, but willingly. Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you. But so let me let me if you're taking notes, I don't know if anybody's taking notes tonight. Let me break this verse down in a few things that is my role specifically. Number one, I'm to shepherd the flock. This is in this verse here. Number two, I'm to oversee. Now I want to just throw something out to you at this point here. How many have problems in your life? Let me see your hand if you've got any kind of problems in all of us at any time, right? So do I. And so I have problems, you have problems, except you don't have to deal with the problems of everybody else. That's the blessing of a pastor. We get to have, oh, it got quiet in here. We get to have problems just like everybody else, but then we have to oversee everybody else's problems. And how many know it is a miracle and a grace of God when we come into this place and there's unity? If there's any resemblance of unity in this place, it's by the grace of God and a lot of hard work as well. Amen. A lot of prayers to get us all in the same direction and all in the same place. So second is overseeing. Number three is in the verse there. Being an example. My role is to be an example to the flock. Right? Doesn't it say it there? Example to the flock. I'm supposed to be. Paul said, follow me. As I follow Christ, my role is to be an example. My role is to be, my role is not to get up here and tell you how to treat your wife. My role is to show you how to treat your wife. Amen. My role is not to show you or tell you how you should live. My role is to show you how to live. That's the role of the shepherd. The role is to be an example, it says. And then verse 4, when the, she, the chief shepherd, hallelujah, how many know the chief shepherd? capital C, capital S, appears. Here's why, here's why we stay in the ministry, pastors. 
Because we will receive a crown of glory that does not fade away. See, that crown of glory is not for just anybody. That crown of glory is for pastors. Well, I want that crown. Well, you got to do what you got to do to get that crown. How many know some crowns, you have to, you have to do something for them? So there, there's a motivation there in my role. You've got motivation as well. And when the chief shepherd appears, I'll get a crown of glory if I stay in this race. How many are still here? Here's some more about my role, 1 Timothy chapter 3. I've literally never preached a whole message on my role as a pastor before. I've done lots of pieces, lots of bits, but I've never shown the church. Look what the Bible says about what the pastor's role is. This is a faithful saying. And by the way, this chapter here will answer lots of questions you might have about what a pastor should be and what the requirements of a pastor are. If a man... If a man... Why is it so quiet in here? You know, people say, can women be pastors? If a man desires the position of a bishop... How long y'all been in this church acting like you ain't never heard this before? Oh, you chauvinist. No, it's just the Bible. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. Watch this. A bishop then must be blameless. The husband of one wife. Temperate. Sober-minded. Of good behavior. Hospitable. Able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, I mean, in other words, not a rookie, not someone who comes in and is young in the Lord, no matter how excited they are, no matter how good they are, not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil." Now here's an even, I'm, I, go ahead and take that off, put the background up. Here's an even clearer description. I'm gonna, I want you to listen to this, and you can read it later. It's in Acts chapter 20. Please don't go read it now. Read it later. Do some homework. Read it later. But in the book of Ch- Acts chapter 20, here's what my role is. And as I'm saying all this, I want to ask you the question, and I want you to answer the question of all these things that I am telling you that are my role then you need to hold me accountable to all the things that I'm supposed to do as a pastor. And you need to make sure that I'm living that life and you are, are seeing that in my life as a pastor because that's the standard that I have to live up to. It's not, you can't just call yourself a, a pastor, you have to be a pastor. Now here's an even clearer description. Straight from the book of Acts, I am to preach truth and repentance toward God And faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. I am to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I am to protect you, and this is straight out of the scriptures, from the savage wolves who will come among you, not sparing the flock. 
I am to watch night and day with tears. That's straight out of the book of Acts. What is my role? I already showed you a bunch of things there, but listen to this again. I am to preach truth and repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I'm to protect you from savage wolves who will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And I am to watch night and day with tears. Pastoring is a 24-7 job. I'm, listen, let me just say this real quick. I told my wife this. This might mess up Pastor Appreciation Month. Amen, but it's okay. I, I'm, not gonna, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get, your, get rewards. I'm trying to give you a, be a pastor of a church that's healthy. Amen? And that's living for the Lord and has fruit. Because God's hand is going to be upon us when it's that way. Amen. So those, those are my responsibilities. So I don't say these things to toot my horn. I never asked to be a pastor. My wife knows that. I never asked to be, I never wanted to be a pastor. God put that on me, and I'll thank him for it later. Amen. And I am thankful for it. I have a pastor's heart. But you get to go home, and you get to turn on, you get to clock out. I don't ever get to clock out. I'm not saying this for you to pull out the violin. I'm just telling you the truth. I don't ever get to shut my phone off. I don't ever get to really be on vacation. A pastor is 24-7 available to all of you. Have I ever told you I wouldn't answer your call? Have I ever not responded to a text? Have I ever said I'm too busy for you? Come see me if, I ha if you have. Maybe I missed a text. Maybe I missed a call. Why am I saying all this? I'm sharing with you the responsibilities that I have as a pastor and a shepherd. Now, let's talk about yours. Can we talk about your role as a church? But before I do, I want to mention something of why I'm preaching this. I was listening, and you all know how much I love my pastor. Now, I have a, I have a new head pastor over me who is my pastor and my, my leader, which is Pastor Paul. Well, when I say pastor, I mean Pastor Jones because that's been my pastor since I came into fellowship and, and he's still my pastor and so is Pastor Paul. But I have a love and an admiration for my pastor. And, and just right off the bat, when you have a love and an admiration for your pastor, God blesses you. I'm not saying that to get your love. I'm just telling you what I do. I love and admire and appreciate my pastor, and I listen to him, and he's discipled me, and I've, and I've learned so much from him, and so many of the blessings that I have in my life with well, my kids serving God, and, and things that I have, have to do with the fact that I listened to my pastor, and I had many times in my life where my pastor grabbed me by the staff and pulled me over to the side and corrected me and told me things not that I wanted to hear, but that I needed to hear to get my attention, to get me in the place to be where I could do what God wanted me to do and I always listen have said yes sir always God is my witness but I'm listening to my pastor on Sunday and this is on online and he's being appreciated for 56 years of marriage that's a long time that's longer than I've been alive celebrating his 75th birthday and I want you to listen to what the Holy Spirit spoke to me, why, why I'm preaching this message. Because 
He said, he got up. They honored him. They gave him cards. They were, you know, happy birthday and all the, and, but he got up after his almost 60 years of ministry, right? Almost 60 years of pastoring. Started preaching when he was 17. And you know what he said and stuck out to me more than anything and hit me? And listen, he said good things too about the church and pastoring and positive things. But listen to this. He said, the meanest people in the world are not in prison. He said they're in the church. That's why I'm preaching this. Because you know that I believe in prevention. And I like to catch things before they come. If we could have known COVID was coming, we'd have done something about it. Come on. And so when I hear that and that pierces, he's not saying that out of anger. He's saying it out of almost 60 years of pastoring. Let me ask you a question. How sad is that? You know what we need to say? God forbid, Lord, that that's ever going to be said in this place. That the meanest people in the world are not in prison, they're in the church. Now, of course, when he said that, he was talking about the church in general and churches he's been in. But I'm telling you, church, it hit me and the Holy Spirit began to deal with me and I began to work on this message. And so I want us to understand that we have roles in the church and we have positions and attitudes that we should have. And so I just shared with you mine and I want to now read some scriptures of to you about what ours should be. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 12. We urge you, brethren, we urge you, brethren. Do you think when someone says we urge you, it's probably because there's something going on that is urgent. Recognize those who labor among you. Recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Okay? And it says, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Esteem them very highly. See, I take these verses literally. There's nobody more important in this world to me than my pastor. I'm not talking over God. Because that's the man. I'm not, I didn't say I loved him more than I love my wife. Don't get me wrong. My pastor is the person who keeps me in the position to be the man of God that I'm supposed to be. And I can't make you esteem somebody, but I esteem my role here. When I say this is, I turn it around on you. I'm also a sheep. And the blessings that I have in my life have a lot to do with my respect and my honor and my esteem for God first and then the man of God in my life. And watch this, what it says right here. Be at peace among yourselves. This is not a daycare. We should be able to preach the gospel, get people saved and disciple them, and not have to change diapers. I told you it was going to be a good one. Good in the sense of what this is going to come out, what's going to come out of it. Amen? Are you still here? Why do I read that? 
Because here, stats change and move around. 250 to 1,700 pastors quit the ministry every month. Every month. 250, I know it's a big range. I'm just trying to be honest. I've seen a lot of numbers. And actually, the most that I saw were higher. 1,500, A month, church. Quit. Why? The, listen to this. The average stay at a church for a pastor is four years. Four years. And if you listen to Pastor Jones, and thank God we don't have that hierarchy in our churches, in our fellowship, it's most of the times because they get voted out. You can't vote me out. Just so you know. You can't vote me out. I can leave and I can quit, but you can't vote me out. Amen. Hello. But they get voted out. We don't want this pastor anymore. We don't, we don't like the way he preaches anymore. We're just going to get a new one. Average stays four years. So I've already got three times that here. Three major things that you find online is discouragement, failure, and loneliness are the three main reasons pastors quit. But I would sum all those three things into one, which is called people. Because discouragement and failure and loneliness comes because of people. Now, how many still love me? Here's where I'm going to begin to build you up a little bit and admonish you and encourage you. Because this is the attitude I want for those that are in authority over me. I want their prayer to be this. Oh, Lord, thank you for the gift of Blake. Lord, what a great joy it is to lead him in the ministry and partner with him to fulfill God's call on his life as we work together. Can I read that prayer to you again? This is what I want, the prayer about me, to be said by my pastors. Lord, thank you for the gift of Blake. What a great joy it is to lead him in the ministry and partner with him to fulfill God's call for his life. Do I need to read it again, or is that good? Rather than, Lord... Please give me patience. Help me with this person who's so difficult. Hello? I don't want to pray that for you. I don't want to have to pray, God, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Please, God, help me. That's not, Lord, bless this person. Bless their marriage. Bless their finances. God, bless everything they do. Lord, thank you for their attitude. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you. Listen, church, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not cutting you down tonight because you're not a good church. I'm admonishing you so that we stay a good church. Okay? Because I don't want to hear those words have to be spoken about church. That's sad. That's sad that Pastor Jones has to feel that way. Because of all the people who have literally, and I'm just going to throw this out. It wasn't in my notes. You know when the shepherd breaks the sheep's leg, he has to carry that sheep. And you know what those sheep do while they carry them? They poop and pee on them. Oh, I ain't talking to nobody in here. They carry them around, and they're trying to help them. And while that sheep is being helped, they poop and pee on them. Amen. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Now, I'm talking in the animal sense, but how many know that shouldn't happen in, in real life? Listen to this. 
Remember Rockefeller? Anybody remember Rockefeller? They asked him what quality he was willing to pay for most. He was a very rich man. When hiring employees, he responded without hesitation, the ability to get along with people. I will pay for the ability to get along with people. It's the lack of this ability to get along with people that makes people difficult. Now listen, just like in business, congregations have people in different sizes and different shapes and difficult people that come in different ways, but they all, have a, they all share a common trait. They're all difficult. Okay? Are you all still with me? I'm going to ask the musicians to begin to come. So I want to read the one last verse to you, and here's, here's my challenge to you. Pastor, what can I do? Maybe you won't ask, but maybe if you did. Pastor, what can I do to make sure that I walk in my role as a sheep? Read this verse with me. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Now, I say this again. I have never preached this message in 20 years. I've never preached a message like this. But how many know we're closer to the to return of Jesus than we've ever been? And the devil's fighting more than he's ever fought. And I hope this doesn't just help our church. I hope it helps lots of churches. And I hope it helps lots of people. Because you're going to be blown away when you see what God's will is for the role of the church. Hebrews chapter 13, watch this. Obey those who rule over you. And I know this is a really difficult word for people. Matter of fact, it's oppressive. It's, it's a cuss word. And be submissive. Wives don't want to hear that. Husbands don't want to hear that. Amen? For why? For they, are the musicians coming? Okay. For they watch. They watch. That's me. Pastors. Pastor Mario out for your souls. See, this isn't a business. This is eternal. Eternity. That's, that, and people don't, that's why things don't go the way they need to go, because people don't take it serious enough. I'm going to be held accountable for how I lead you. Are you listening to me? Now watch this. As those who must give account, I got to give an account. And we're going to focus real hard on these last sentence. Here's what your, your role is. Let me do my job as your pastor without adding more on to me than I already have. That's Blake's version. What it says is, let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that would be, watch this. Can you read those last couple words with me? Unprofitable. For, for who? Not me. You. If you cause me grief as I'm trying to do nothing but help you, nothing but lead you, nothing but love you, nothing but shepherd you, nothing but get you to heaven, nothing but help you fulfill the will of God in your life, and you cause me grief for that, it is unprofitable for you. Amen. You could be the pastor, you could be up here with the mic, and I'd be sitting there saying, God help me. 
Don't, Lord, don't let me put more on my pastor than he already has. Again, I'm not asking you for a violin. I'm going to preach the gospel whether you're here or not. I'm proud of you. I'm thankful for you. I love all of you. But I'm telling you, that cannot be the case. It says, and I, I've, Carla, baby, have I ever preached a message like this in 20 years? Never. Never. But boy, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Sad. Grief. When I heard Pastor Jones say that. How sad. After 60, almost 60 years of preaching, that he would say, the meanest people in the world are not in prison. They're in church. You know what we need to do with that? Every single one of us? Lord, is it I? Like the disciples did when he said, one of you is going to betray me. One of you is going, to be betray, is going to betray me. And you know what the other ones did that didn't betray him? They all said, Lord, is it me? That's the attitude that we all need to have. Lord, God, is it me? Listen, am I the one that's keeping a move of God from happening in this church? Am I the one that's causing uh, the Spirit of God to be quenched because of a wrong attitude? Am I, am I putting, listen, I'm not talking about uh, accidental things. I'm talking about rebellion. I'm talking about pride. I'm talking about just, just not listening, not trusting. That you, I trust my pastor. My, ta my pastor tells me, get on the ground. I'm going to get on the ground. Because he's not going to tell me to get on the ground because he's bored. He's going to tell me to get on the ground because there's a reason to get on the ground. When my pastor tells me to jump, I say, how high do you want me to jump? Oh, you're just a man. You're just a, what, what are they called? I don't even know what they call it. You're just one of them, yes, man. Yep. Especially to the Lord. I'm just smart enough to understand. See, I'm like that centurion I talked about on Sunday. I'm a man under authority. When God tells me to move, I move. God tells me to stop, I stop. God tells me to go, I go. In church, the quicker we get to that place and we understand how serious this is, we need to make sure we check ourselves and say, God, I don't want to do anything unprofitable to you. That's my number one, sorry, that's the number one role, in my opinion, church, listen, for you as, as, and I as, as sheep, is that we would be profitable to our leadership. Wouldn't you rather your pastor be praying and your leaders over you be praying, Lord, thank you so much for this couple. Thank you so much for these people. Thank you so much for their, their heart. Thank you so much for the, for the, for the this and the that, then, then grief. Amen? We don't want that, church. We can keep that out of here. How many know we can keep that out of here? But it takes every single one of us working together. Lord, I thank you for your word tonight. Sometimes there's words that are hard, Father, but they are beneficial. I don't ever want anybody to say anything like that about our church. I don't want it ever to be true, God. And Lord, as I'm praying right now, I, 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 I thank God for my pastor. And it hurts me, and I'm so sorry that my pastor has had to endure so much garbage in his ministry. So much being pooped on, peed on. And Lord, I pray I can't control what anybody else does, but I pray I would never do that to my pastor. I pray, God, that if I've done anything to my pastor, Pastor Paul or Pastor Jones or Pastor Bland or Pastor Marshall, Pastor Mario, any pastors in my life, any of them, Lord, 
if I've done anything to hurt them, to cause them pain, to be unprofitable to them, Lord, forgive me. Because I want to be an asset. I want to be a blessing. And Lord, I want you to speak into my life tonight, Lord. I want you to correct me when I need to be corrected. I want you to challenge me when I need to be challenged. I want you to change me when I need to be changed. Lord, if there's any pride in me, remove it tonight. Anything, Lord. Anything. Any ungodly attitudes. Any heart that's wrong in me, God. Search me. Search me, Lord. I speak to myself. I can't deal with anybody else, but my role as a sheep and as a disciple, God, I want to be profitable. I want to make sure that I make the work of my pastor easy and not hard. Lord, all across this place, help us as a church. Help us to know our role. Lord, I've read straight out of your Bible tonight. This isn't manipulation. This is scripture. You've got a role in the church. And church, and, and God, if we would walk as a church in our roles, nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop the best that's yet to come. Nothing can stop the revival that we want to see. Nothing can stop the souls that you've got accredited to this place for the work of God. And Lord, I want to make sure that everybody in this place knows how thankful I am for them. That nothing that's been done has gone unnoticed, God. And if I haven't seen it, you see it all, Father. But Lord Jesus, help us. Help us, God, to just stop doing anything, Father, that would hinder us from just going forward. Help us to be teachable. Help us to be correctable. Help us to be, Lord, open-hearted to your word tonight, Father, as a church. There's some here who have just started coming. There's some here who have been a long time. God, help us all to be sheep. Lord, who respect and honor the shepherd in our lives. Tonight, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and those that are watching online or listening, before we do any business personally with our own church and our own selves, the first thing that needs to be done, and we always do this, is do you know Jesus tonight as your Lord and your Savior? Have you been born again? Have you believed on Jesus as your master, your Lord, and your Savior? How many in this place, in this congregation, this sanctuary from front to back and side to side, as eyes are closed and nobody's looking around, could say, Pastor, before we leave this place, would you pray with me to be saved tonight? I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want my life to be changed. Just shoot your hand up. Shoot it right back down quickly all across this place. That's me. I'm not saved. Maybe you're watching online. We don't ever want to have a service where we don't give the opportunity. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden. You're backslidden. You're not living the way God wants you to live. Maybe you're playing games with God. And right now the Holy Spirit is pricking you and he's touching you. He's saying, listen, you can't keep doing this. You've got to give your life to me. You've got to be all in or be all out because if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. How many would be honest and say, I'm backslidden? Just put your hand up and put it right back down quickly all across this place. God sees your hands. God sees your hands. You deal with God tonight. You ask God to forgive. You say, Lord, please, don't allow this world to suck me in and pull me away from my first love. 
Just fall in love with Jesus again tonight. Stop letting everything else around you mess with your salvation. Fall in love with Jesus. The shepherd, the, the good shepherd. In every area that we fail as men, as leading the flock, Jesus never fails. We're just trying our best to be an example of who he is. But we will fail you, but Jesus will never fail you. He's the good shepherd. The Bible says he laid down his life for his sheep. Let's stand tonight all across this place, if you would, and stay in this attitude of reverence, if you would. We're going to open up the altars. I have no doubt, as I was praying in the prayer room, I felt such a powerful presence of the Lord on me for preaching this message. I have no doubt I was supposed to preach this. I have no doubt everything I said was from God. I have no doubt there's going to be fruit from this. And here's the greatest fruit, prevention. Some things we'll never even see happen. Some things that will never even manifest. Do you realize that that's the greatest thing? Catching it before it spreads is the greatest thing. Not How many times have I told you as married couples, get to the altar three or four times in a row, and if you still need counseling, we'll meet in the office. And most of the time, we don't have to meet. Why? Because you, you caught it before it spread. You went to the altar. You got alone with God. You met God. God talked to you and did a better job with you than I could ever do in counseling. And things changed. Things turned around. Amen? There's, there's, there's a lot of things that God will begin to speak to you because we're getting a second wind now. And anytime God's about to do something great, the devil's always going to fight extra hard. And there's another wind coming, church. Jesus should have came back already, just so you know, by the way. He's, we're overdue. Just like a baby's overdue. We're overdue. So we're in extra. Now, remember when I said we're in the fourth quarter? I think we're in overtime now. And so it's quicker and quicker. And what that means is we, we've got a lot of work to do in a short amount of time. And there's a wind coming. And it's a good wind. And we're going to catch it as a church. And we're going to ride that wind of revival. It's coming. It's going to come where people are driving down this freeway and they feel compelled to come in. They're going to feel something in their spirit like, I've got to be there. And there's going to be a time where I don't know what the deal is with the building. I don't know what the deal is with the future. I don't know. Any, all I can do, keep doing is preaching the gospel. And, and we're going to keep going to the streets. We're going to have these movies in October. We're going to keep outreaching. We're, going to, we're, we're not going to let COVID break us down. We're going to do everything we can according to what we are able to do. And God's going to bring revival but we just got to make sure we're all good and we're all right. Everything's fixed and everything's working together in one accord. Right before we get offline, those that are watching online, let's pray a prayer of sinner's prayer right now. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. I need a Savior tonight. I fall short of your glory. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me for all of my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood. I believe you died on the cross. And I confess that with my mouth. I believe you rose from the dead. And I confess that Jesus is Lord. Please cleanse me, change me, transform me tonight. In the name of Jesus, 
I pray. Please write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.